Before we get started on this AI-infused merch conflict, let's thank our sponsor this week and every single week, Syncfusion. Listen, uh, Syncfusion has been sponsoring our podcast since we began this podcast because they have the world's best UI component suite for building powerful and amazing web, desktop, and mobile applications. Listen, whatever you're building, you need to infuse not only AI, like Frank's going to talk about on this podcast, but you need to infuse some Sync Fusion controls into your app, charts, graphs, calendars, grids, data charts, Kanban boards, all the things. You have everything you need. Go to syncfusion.com forward slash merge conflict. Syncfusion.com forward slash merge conflict. I use them myself in my applications, and you're going to love them too. Check them out at syncfusion.com forward slash merge conflict. And let's get on with the pod, Frank Krueger. Let's talk about some chat GPT because everyone's talking about it. You know, I start to wonder if people are like blocking ChatGPT, the, the the word on Twitter. Do you do that? Do you mute it? Well, you know, I've had a very fascinating time with ChatGPT because I've watched. OK, before we get into today's topic, let's talk about how to use ChatGPT. Now, <laughs> I've watched people use ChatGPT and then I've seen people really use ChatGPT and Ooh. the people that really use chat GPT, like really know how to use it. And I'm going to do a little, uh, uh, we don't, we don't do a, we don't do a ding very often for this, uh, fine gentleman, but the one and only Mr. Scott Hanselman. Ding. Uh, he definitely has, deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's my manager at work. Oh, uh, and up. no, I love Scott. He gets two dings. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. We have been working on OKRs and planning docs and all this stuff. And to watch Scott use, because he like understands it. He he's like you where he I don't I don't I don't even know. I don't know what he's doing, but he understands it. So he knows how to like manipulate it in a way <laughs> to get responses that he wants. And it is wild. It is just like mind bogglingly amazing to watch him use it because I'm like, I want to be more like you and using because I don't use it at all. I don't, I don't got time for that. But like to watch him and, and, and it's like infused randomly. He's like, oh, I just did this thing. And then we were on a Teams call and he shared a screen, which was the chat GPT window. And he was just like feeding it this. And he's, he's like, can you do this to it? Can you do that to it? Can you summarize this? Can you make that shorter? Can you how about this? And I was like, whoa, this is wild. And then like for it to to watch the output transform based on these commands, which is just programming commands at the end of the day, right, <laughs> has been really fascinating. So I have not blocked any of the chat GPT NIS yet at this point. Um, but since our original conversation, I've watched people evolve and I've watched other people, by the way, just like throw a blob of text in it and just expect it to know what you want it to do. <laughs> and that is not as successful. I'm, you know, I, I'm not even sure if I'm a pro user. I use it a lot, but I'm not even sure if I'm like Hanselman level. I'll, I'll have to get, does he TikTok that? I'll have to like find a video of him doing it. You he suggest that to needs him. To. Hanselman, yeah. Scott Hanselman, if you're listening, which you're not, you need to drop, actually, uh, you know, that would be a great YouTube video, like how to actually master. Yeah. I just, I want to see the master at work here. It's impressive. Uh, I think I'm good at it, though. I have a vague understanding of how it works, how to prompt it for kind of what I want. Um, but I am polite to it still. I still say hello. Mm -hmm. I say good morning. 
uh, when it's done responding, I always say thank you. I, I use up my money to be polite. So I, I'm not a power user in that way. I'm not manipulative. I still treat it like a little sentient being because who knows? Who knows, James? <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, a- as a semi-pro user, I was getting a little frustrated with the web UI. You you don't use mm. it too much, but you know the web UI, right? It's the little text box at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, it's it's the one nice thing about the web UI is it has a nice little history, and you can like revisit them, and you can think of them as uh, as conversations, right? So in your iMessage or in your inbox, you can think of on the left hand side you have a list of conversations. So like, hey, I'm going to be talking about. Uh, coffee, or I'm going to be talking about code, or I'm going to be talking about OKRs for some ungodly reason. Um, and then uh, you could revisit those. And and the nice thing there is imagine that you're having a conversation with Frank, right? And we're yeah. talking about houses for some reason, and how <laughs> yours is falling apart. But you would continue <laughs> <Thanks>. to... <laughs> you would continue to have that contact. So you could kind of pick up where the conversation left off. So that is one nice thing about it. But at the same time, it's not like it's doing it's a it's a box that that you input and then there's stuff that comes out of it. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it it is a simple thing like that. It's funny how even simple UIs, though, simple data models, like showing a number on a screen, you can still make it complicated. Uh, But my biggest complaint is uh, I think they took the text messaging app metaphor a little bit too far. The box at the bottom is kind of annoying. I Mm. am totally blanking right now. There is a popular writing app everyone's using. and it does predictive text. So like as you're writing a paragraph, you can say, please write me the next paragraph and it'll just AI up a next paragraph. I think that's a much better UI than these other things. But mm. that's all to say. Um, I also didn't like the web app because it makes you log in sometimes. I hate logging in, James. It's the worst. Yeah. I even I pay them money and they still make me log in. I wish I wish I could pay them so enough money that I didn't have to log in. And so that's what I decided to do. Because you know what they released on well, I got the email, I think, Thursday, March 2nd. You know what the email is that I got? No, I don't know what the, I didn't get any email. How come I didn't get an email? You're not on enough mailing lists, sir, mm. I guess. Uh it was open release of the chat GPT API. So no. like, oh, finally, I can build a better UI because I'm getting tired of the web app. So I'm going to build myself a ChatGPT app. <laughs> just a little bit better, you know, just a, just it just needs to be a little bit better because <laughs> the web app's terrible. <laughs> no, that makes sense. And what's interesting about this is that you tweeted some stuff today and actually in the last two to three days, I've been... Uh, investigating open AI SDKs for .NET. And specifically, there's a lot of things in open AI. Um, and there's the Azure open AI uh, service that we talked about, which is leveraging Azure and the things there. But the one thing that um, I stumbled upon recently uh, was something called uh, Betalgo. Betal- do, do you know about this Betalgo? Betalgo? Mm, nope. I don't okay. know. So gonna, it's Tell a NuGet me. package. It's a .NET SDK 
for OpenAI, ChatGPT, GPT-3, and DALI. Um, doesn't have Whisper yet. They might have added Whisper, which I don't, I don't want to get into in this pod because I don't even know what it is. But the, mm-hmm. it features ChatGPT, OpenAI support for Azure, DALI, models, completions, edit, Mars, editing, or embed, embeddings, files, fine tunes, moderation, and tokenizer support. Um, I don't know what any of that means, but I was investigating it because there's a bunch of different OpenAI SDKs, and I was asking uh, Luis and some of the other ML folks at Microsoft, like, hey, like, what do we have stuff? Is there an official one from OpenAI? Like, obviously, you know, from us being Azure, right? And OpenAI is their own company. So I was like that. But I was like, oh, is there one from OpenAI for .NET? Or they have SDKs? Or like, how does this work? So I'd imagined that since there's NuGets, that there must be an API available. And sure enough, what you're telling me is that there is an API that these SDKs are using, I assume? Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, This is hilarious. We have so much to talk about now. A, now you tell me this library exists after I did all my own, (laughs) of course, after I did all my own uh, API bindings and all that kind of stuff. Fortunately, um, OpenAI has a very simple REST um, API, so it's really not a big deal to just you know, create some HTTP clients and shoot off some messages. No biggie. Uh, But this library is super cool because it does a whole bunch of them. So you don't have to do a whole bunch. Um, Darn, I'm jealous. Uh, But I do love also the release notes here. Uh, I am going to quote the author here, Patelgo. Patelgo? Hello, Patelgo. Do you want to come on (laughs) our podcast? (laughs) Yeah, let's talk. Uh, So quote, I know we are all excited about new chat GPT APIs, so I tried to rush this version. It's nearly 4 a.m. here. Be aware, there might be some bugs. <laughs> Love it. End quote. Uh, fantastic. Um, yeah, and Whisper is that um, uh, speech-to-text thing. Um, so th- that's pretty simple to support, too. They j- you just have to upload audio files, and they give you text back. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about this library, but uh, I think we just did everyone a service. Everyone go use this library. Don't do it the way I did and actually read the docs. <laughs> so you know what happened, James? I uh, I started a Maui app. I like that. And yeah, yeah, because I'm like, I'm going to write me an app. And it's going to be a one-day app. And you know how one-day apps go. They always take just one day. Yeah. And roughly like 10 or 15 minutes into working on it, I had completely overblown the feature set. I had <laughs> no idea what app I was writing anymore. <laughs> it was like, I'm like, it's a chat GPT app. But like, what does that mean? What, what features does it need? What interaction modes does it need? Should it have speech to text and all that kind of stuff? And I got a little bit stuck. Does that happen to you ever? <laughs> yeah, pretty much always, I would say. You know, I think that the the aspects of like, I'm going to build this thing. And then you like start it. And then you're like, okay, now I'm at a point where like, yeah. what's, yeah, where do I go from here type of situation? <laughs> Uh, it was bad. And so I just kind of ditched. I'm like, okay, Frank, I guess this won't be the one day app anymore. Um, but then I was just, it was just kind of percolating in the back of my head. I'm like, I still want to like practice using the API. I just want to get used to the API. So it'd be fun to write something against it. And then it occurred to me, you know where I spend all my time typing? At the command line, James. I'm always at the command line. 
So I decided to write a command line chat GPT interface and spend half a day working on it because I'm a silly person and I couldn't help myself. Well, this makes a lot of sense. You know, you could just have a browser sitting there next to your command line. But, you know, I think the 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 interesting part about a lot of the chat GPT applications that have come out and all this other stuff is that there is like a website. But we've always said, Frank, just because there's a website or a progressive web app doesn't mean that it's you know, real on mobile or even on <laughs> desktop to some extent, because people like to install stuff on their phones and you, right, you're on your desktop. You don't want to have to open a browser and use a bunch of stuff. You're doing other stuff in the terminal uh, or command line or whatever you want, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And you want to interact for some reason with uh, ChatGPT, apparently. Now, it would be really cool if you could not only integrate with ChatGPT, but you could also like tell it to like generate images for you. Like imagine you're just like, oh, I writing a blog post and then like, oh, can you like, you know, a, a monkey drink drinking coffee, looking over, you know, a uh, horizon as the sun sets. I actually typed that into um, a, a program. So but it came Feature up like creep. Good, actually. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, creep. You know, you need all these things at your fingertips. Now, what I think is, you know, interesting about what you um the path you travel down is that it's not a path that i would ever travel down because as all of our listeners know i despise the command line and i say if there's not a gui then it shouldn't ex- exist <laughs> <laughs> i that's agree just me, with though. you that's just me i agree with you except guis for these text heavy things just aren't that great I guess mm. I, I don't know how I, I, I feel like I'm just my words are failing me and how much I despise that text box at the bottom of the screen. It's because it's at the bottom of the screen. That's not where the text box should be. Have you ever tried using it on the phone? It's really bad. Like no, on the, no. Yeah, you can't even oh, like barely click I, in that box, let alone move the cursor or do anything. I did recently. Uh, fun experiment. I recently attempted to use the uh, Bing chat GPT integration, uh, which does multiple things. It does like, you know, not only chat GPT, but it also does the web search stuff. And I recently am fascinated if it can generate blog posts for me or like get me started with blog posts. So I, uh, was on my phone because for some reason I was on my work profile, so I didn't have access to it on one profile, but I had it on my phone profile. So I was on my phone and I was attempting to to do it. And the nice thing about the Bing search and the, the Bing chat is that it gives you prompts. So it kind of like has some context where I was like, Oh, can you write me a mm-hmm. blog post about this? And then it's like, Oh, can you like, it, it'll give you recommendations. It's like, Oh, you obviously want this thing to write, write you a blog post. So like we'll give you prompts to feed it basically to do stuff. So it's kind of cool in that regard. It's like AI feeding AI and it spit a bunch of stuff out, but it was a, you know, it's not that the it's not that it was something wrong with the the Bing chat. It's just that I was on my phone on this little screen trying to get a bunch of text input and output and do recommendations. And it wasn't a delightful experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not great on mobile. On mobile, I really feel like that's where the speech to text is going to come in handy because it's no one wants to type this stuff. I know you, no one really wants to say it out loud either, but it's a little bit better than typing it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of where I decided to go with um, the Appy app. But um, I thought I would also work on a few other things because 
there's a tricky part of context with these chatty chat apps. (laughs) Uh, You want it to remember what you said the last time. And so if you Mm. come in raw, like you come into being raw, or (laughs) raw, whatever, you know what I mean? (laughs) No cookies, (laughs) no history, none of that stuff. Um, You're a blank slate. Uh, It's going to generate a good response, but it has no other context other than what you just gave it. But then if you ask, if you continue talking with it, it has the context of the previous conversation. And I was wondering, like, how how do you represent that with a command line app? (laughs) It's a little bit weirder because I don't really, you know, I don't want to like say like start chat end chat. You know, I didn't want it to be Hmm. a command command line tool. That'd be terrible. You didn't want it to be like, um, you know, GPT dash T start. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dash C convo ID. The ID equals convo one and then something else. Yeah. 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 It's using Git as the anti role model for how the command line should work. Uh, so. What I decided, uh, I just I stole a page from um, Bash and all the other shells. You just keep a little history file in the background. You just kind of sneakily tuck it away, <laughs> and yeah. And I just tag um, all your data. It's in your user directory. You can find it. It's no big deal. Um, and I just tag it with a timestamp and you know the text you sent, the text that you received, and from that, when you do a new query to it you can include that context, the last Mm. bit of a conversation, and then it runs. Uh, So that's good. I want to complain, but I just want to say that's good first. So, okay, so you started a command line app, uh, and this is a .NET app. So this is a .NET, like, console app that you wanted to create to, uh, to be in the command line. Now, one question I have about what you just said is... Every time you um, send uh, some text to ChatGPT, are you, for all intents and purposes, appending onto a big list of not only inputs but outputs, and you have to feed all of that into ChatGPT? I I wanted to avoid that. Uh, Mm. You could, um, but it has limits. Uh, so one big limit is the total of the history and its response can be no bigger than 4,096 tokens. So I don't know, call that like uh, 10,000 words-ish. Okay. I don't know the math there. Roughly 10,000 words. So you would hit limits there. But the bigger limit you hit is you pay per token. Uh, those tokens cost money, James. <laughs> At both input and output of the tokens? Yeah. They get you both ways. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And you don't have any control on the output, by the way. Right. To some extent. Um, uh, There might be in the API a limiter, but in in general, you don't want to. You want to let it finish. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you're right. Uh, You're going to... Depending on your question, you can get short responses out of it, but quite often it, it likes to be a little bit verbose, so you're paying for that. Uh, also, at some point, I'd like to get back to paying for it because that's a whole another kind of interesting thing. So okay. my complaint there is that you are um, there. There would be ways to write these networks <laughs> so that you wouldn't have to pay quite so much to keep a conversation going, but. 
you would you would store the embedding generated from the previous conversation and feed that into the next one. But it's not how they designed it, so we're kind of stuck with this payment model and all that. So what's the solution, Japes? Uh, I keep that history file, and yeah. I only prepend the last, I, I forget what I said of that, but 10 or 15 minutes worth. So it's kind of like a conversation. So the longest you can let the conversation lapse is 10 or 15 minutes, and it'll prepend otherwise so that you can keep that context rolling. Okay, I like that. All right. I like it. It's it's a it's a heuristic, but it's a heuristic that kind of works because I, I was trying to think of like you and your friend are sitting in a room. How how long can you let a conversation sit before you have to be like, let's talk about that again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I figure like 10, 15 minutes, people can kind of remember the pre- previous conversation. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think that, um, yeah, it's even in a podcast, right? How, how long do we go on a podcast before we repeat like the beginning of what we're talking about the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I also, I'm, I, I, as a terrible pro feature, I want to put like a dash P argument on it and it'll just show you how much money you spent for every time it runs. Cause that, that would be fun. They never show you that in the UI. Yeah. Okay. So now, uh, Let's talk about pricing in an even weirder way. I am also paying for ChatGPT Pro. Did you uh, get enticed by that at all? No, I didn't, what is it? What's Pro? I don't even know. Pro. Of course there's a Pro. What is the Pro? Pro. Pro is, of course, the subscription. What are all Pro things? Come oh. I have no idea. I didn't get the email, Frank. I didn't get the you- email. You got to get on this email list. I don't even know which one it is. I get the email. <laughs> um, uh, if you've used the service before in the past, the free version of it uh, at some points, especially when it was getting popular there, just in the beginning, it was fail whaling all the time mm. and you just couldn't use it. And so they introduced the pro service. You give them $20 a month and they promise it'll fail well less and it'll actually be reliable <laughs> and it'll just work and it is it, it's a lot faster uh when you pay for it that way okay so you're on the pro okay. pro plus plan right but when you use the api it's different you get charged for api calls it's not a part of the pro plan as far as i can tell Please, mm. someone correct me if I'm wrong. And so I'm in this weird place where um, I'm paying the pro plan so that I get the web version nice and fast and working. But then if I wanted to use my version of it, which, you know, I've only had it a day, literally, I, we're, 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 we're talking about this, like, <laughs> it's brand new, hot off the press. Um, I, I still prefer it over the web UI, so I've been using it all day. Uh, it's a different price model. And so it's mm. it's kind of funny. Um, I'm curious what people will do. Will people be getting API keys and getting custom apps? Or will people be paying for the pro versions? Because I'm about to cancel my pro version now. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Well, and pricing also is there's different things. There's chat, instruct, GPT. There's fine 
tuning models or the embedding models, the stuff that we were talking about earlier, right? And you pay for those different aspects of it. I can't find the GPT Pro thing. I see GPT Plus. Uh, is that? Not Chat GPT Pro. It must be on there somewhere. I'm paying for it. <laughs> Hopefully, I see. There's a new subscription plan, Chat GPT Plus, for twenty dollars a oh, month. Oh, I'm sorry. I've, I apologize, everyone. I've been calling it Pro this whole time. Okay. Plus. Plus. But it's not related to TV. You can't call it Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I was like. Oh, you know, Pro. I think Pro Plus. I apologize, everyone, and I apologize, James. Okay, so yes, I'm talking about the plus. Um, gotcha. But I think I'll cancel it because, uh, you know what? I'm going to live the command line life until I build an app also. <laughs> but until then, I think I'm just going to live the command line life. Well, So how did you <laughs> – let me ask you a little bit here, uh, a little bit on the creation of it. So – uh, first out, before we even get into how you call and how you got into making this thing, and of course we'll link to the open source project in the show notes, but one thing that I still didn't get clarity on was you obviously have different conversations with ChatGPT on different topics. So how in the command line are you distinguishing that? Like, did you create a command to, to um, you know, pick basically what uh, chat you're picking up from or do you just say like new session or like how does it actually work like or is it just one ongoing thing forever with chat gpt right now it's one ongoing thing forever mm -hmm. with chat gp chat gpt but with that 10 10 minute thing so if ah. you haven't talked to it in 10 minutes you kind of by default start a new conversation from fresh and you so can't pick if, up no, but the history is there. So these are all just little command line options I can add. <laughs> I was okay. trying to decide um, which things are actually needed. And so far, I, I, I haven't felt the need for that one. If you want to switch topics, you just say, okay, let's talk about this now. You know, you just say that to it and it's fine at switching topics. It has no problem with that. And so there's no real need to start a new conversation. The only real benefit to starting a new conversation is to save a few token dollars. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, it, you know, the prices are actually pretty cheap. I, I was complaining about it, but the, the per token is pretty cheap. The amount that you actually use it, you know, a couple times a day. Uh, it's fine. So uh, I appreciate you asking. I can definitely add uh, some command line options like, you know, start new conversation, resume other conversations, go browse conversations, you know, I could pop up Miguel's GUI. But these are all things <laughs> that I would put into like the app, not so much uh, the command line, though they might make it in. This this is kind of like a fun little test bed of uh, what features do I actually want and yeah. everything like this. Oh, my favorite part of your entire application is that it is one file. <laughs> and it Rocking is it. exactly 200 um, lines of code, not less, not more. I'm not sure if you specifically uh, made it 200 because that was a good number that uh, agreed with Chechi because there's white space in here and there's comments. Uh, so, you know, you were in control of this, but you decided to create this as uh, one single file uh, <laughs> using. I mean, it's very 
oddly rudimentary in a weird way. Um, it's like a, re- a request and a response. It's the right? simplest app on the planet. It displays a number on the screen. <laughs> uh, okay, Frank. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, um, I wanted to do, I was going to try to be fancy and do one of those cool um, single file compilation, ready to run, binary executable, and distribute it that way. And in fact, mm-hmm. if you go look at my releases, I did do that. Um, <laughs> there's a weird hiccup with that, and I didn't really think this through on Mac. Um, so you can create, you know, binaries, compile them, they all work, they're fine. Um but if you just go and download a binary off the internet, Mac OS tags it with all sorts of, you know, dangerous, danger Will Robinson kind of flags mm. and things like that. And so I, I did this release that was actually uploading my, yes, beautiful single code file, <laughs> single executable. I wanted a single executable from my single code file, you know, nice and perfect. And uh, stupid Mac wouldn't run the thing. So I was like, well, I give up. <laughs> so I just, I made it a .NET tool because those .NET tools work great. You can just, if a machine has .NET installed on it, you can just go to the command line, .NET tool install, blah, blah, blah. And it all just works. I love it. It's pretty cool. I, I do think that global tools, I don't understand how global tools uh, updating works very well. <laughs> but beyond that, I know there's like a command to do it, but it's, you know, I think I've, Maybe there's a command like, hey, look at all my global tools and tell me if there's an update. I'm not positive, like a NuGet package. But they're, they're NuGet packages for all intents and purposes, correct? Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, there, there's something, you, you put it in the project file, you say like pack as tool. <laughs> and that's <laughs> like all you have to do. And then you call .NET pack at the command line and you get a NuGet package, you upload it to NuGet and you've made yourself a global command line tool. It's pretty great. I love Wild. it. Wild. Yeah. The smallest caveat is you have to have .NET installed. Uh, I did want those executables. Stupid Mac security model. Always get love a way. good, love a good executable. <laughs> yeah, so it's a rudimentary app for sure. The biggest thing it's doing is keeping the history and uh, talking to the API. That's all it does. And uh, it would it would be probably a hundred lines of code if you had told me about this library. You know. <laughs> A week ago. Yeah. So so what happened here? Why is your application uh, 200 lines of code, Frank? Because it's just, it's there's just a, a package. coincidence. Yeah, it's okay. just a coincidence that you're being silly. <laughs> it's 200 lines of code because it's just a web API call <laughs> and a lot of JSON parsing. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, right? I mean, I, I was looking at it earlier. And yes, I, I noticed in your code, you did a lot of... Uh, uh, system tax json so it's gonna be super duper quick and yeah at the bottom of your code file is like all of the json property names which take up like half of the things right unfortunately to get you know it would be a lot smaller but because of that you have the request the response and the usage and the errors and stuff like that and that's pretty much it that's kind of cool yeah that's why um i mean it's super cool that the library exists to talk to open ai but it's it's really not a big deal. Like .NET is so powerful now. Mm-hmm. I probably don't need a lot of those JSON property things. I just 
I don't know the rules of when it capitalizes and when it doesn't capitalize. And because I don't know the rule, I override the rule and just put them in. I'm terrible like that, but better safe than sorry. This is great. It's a good example of how easy it is to get into with with vanilla, right? If you're this is vanilla GPT. Yeah, usage. zero dependencies. <laughs> Again, I just love how big the BCO, the 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 library that comes with .NET. Like you can do pretty much everything with it. Yeah, I mean having- the download package size is twenty eight kilobytes, so that's pretty cool. It's a good tool. I just want to get that binary down in size. It was uh, coming out at 15 megabytes when I was making. Uh, I made a Windows version. I made a Linux version. I made a Mac version. <laughs> but uh, it'd be good to get that down to the four megabytes. Remember Xamarin apps used to compile down to about four megabytes, like the smallest mm-hmm. Hello World. I feel like we could get these down to that size too. Yeah, you can get it down. It's magic. Uh just shake that tree aggressively. <laughs> so this is fun. Um, like I said, I just spend all day in the command line. And I, I just realized, like, I just want to be able to type in here and copy and paste here. And so if anyone else, if that sounds at all interesting to you, you've made it this far into the podcast. So this must be at least vaguely interesting to you. Uh, give it a try. The only trick is you need to get an API key from OpenAI, which means get an account. And then once you have an account, then you can get an API key, which may or may not require a credit card. I honestly don't know the order of operations. <laughs> Well, this is good because this is kind of like developer using the tools like, you know, and and creating something in which you're not going to have to pay for this, which is, I mean, besides your own personal usage. Yeah, exactly. When I make an app, it's going to be a little bit different. going to have to front some monies. But yeah. uh, this is for devs. Devs, you can all go get your own API keys. <laughs> I like it. Well, we'll put links to the show notes in the show notes for all the stuff that we talked about including the Pro Plus Deluxe Ultimate uh, Service Pack 5 edition of ChatGPT APIs. And also, ask it's called Ask GPT. Um, so by the way, if people are curious of how it works, you uh, .NET, uh, .NET tool install dash G ask, ask GPT, ask GPT one word, and then you say ask, and then you ask it. That's the keyword that you picked because that's what's defined in the CS Proj is, is how I found out about the command thing is i don't i don't know how they detect conflicts but sure um but ask is the one that you did so no one else can use ask if you have this and then you have ask and then you said what is uh you you have documented what is the meaning of life which i'm actually curious what chat gbt says to that (laughs) also there's source code so if you don't like the command name ask you can download and compile it pretty trivially there are no dependencies (laughs) that is a good Good point. What is, I mean, uh, and Bing GPT. Just that, I'm, I'm going to be a nerd just to answer your question. It depends on the order of your path. So in your path statement in your environment, variable path is uh, one of them is a pointer to the .NET tools path and directory. And so whatever order that's in, that's what where ask will come from. Mm, I like that. Okay. If I ask uh, Bing GPT, the meaning of life. Do you want it to be more creative, more balanced, or more precise? Precise. Precise. Here we go. Uh, But it's going. It's uh, responding. 
Uh, the meaning of life is a philosophical question that has been debated throughout history. Uh, there are many different answers to this question, and it ultimately depends on one's personal beliefs and values. Some people believe the meaning of life is to seek happiness. Others believe in to fulfill a certain uh, purpose or destiny. While others believe it is simply to exist and experience the world around us. What do you think? Ooh. Hmm. What do I think? What do you um, think? Uh, the meaning of life? Yeah. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I haven't gotten. I was, I was taking a Myers Briggs test re recently, oh. and there was like some things about philosophical, you know, <laughs> discussing philosophy and this, and I was like, no, I don't like any of that. I really don't like deep ph philosophical yeah. conversation. It's really oh. not my jam at all. Um, I have a, I have an answer for you then. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, this is my preferred answer to this one. Uh, the, the meaning of life, the purpose of life is to hydrogenize carbon molecules. Okay. All right. Uh, there is a chemical state they all want to be in. And the best way to get them into that state is to create an organic process. And we are that organic process writ large. There's life. Boom. There you go. Uh, I guess it depends on the meaning of like, my life like is it like life in general like i guess i have more questions about i think out of it is life they didn't they didn't say my life i guess we could change it i, w I wonder what it thinks the purpose of james montemayo's life is. oh yeah, yeah. what, yeah. what <laughs> do about? they know you have you vanity checked yourself on uh bing chat Monty Magno's life. I'll say, what is the purpose of James Monty Magno's life? Question mark. Um, I mean, yeah, no, because so, so Bing GPT uh, searches the internet. It just searched for James Monty Magno. Says, I'm sorry, I don't have any information about the personal beliefs or values of James Monty Magno. He's a principal lead programmer of the .NET community <laughs> team at Microsoft, and and then just regurgitates my website and GitHub, which is cool. Okay, good enough. Um, but way to cop uh, out. Well, you know, I think uh, that's what AI is going to do for a while. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> well, I could do this. That way. Let's see. Um, has um, how about Frank Krueger? Question mark. Uh, is he doing any uh, open AI development? Question mark. I'll see if there's another thing about you. There's um, I, I did this for chat GPT and it gave me so much credit in the .NET community for things I did not work on. And I loved it. It gave me all the credit. Uh, this says, sorry, I can't find any information about Frank Krueger involved in open AI development. Frank Krueger is an independent mobile developer living in Seattle, Washington. He started working as an embedded systems engineer, moved on to a web developer and eventually found happiness as an iOS developer. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, um, that's been noted at mergeconflict.fm. He's also enjoyed releasing open source projects and contributing to software development community. Uh, tell me about Frank Krueger's work. There's like, did it just, now. yeah, did it regurgitate um, LinkedIn or something like that? It regurgitated one of our podcasts. Um, okay. Yeah, it says I can't really find a lot about you. Um, the AI doesn't know about me. Exactly. Um, well, ChatGPT was a lot more. Uh, I, it just lied in a way I appreciated. I'll see if it knows anything about your iOS apps. The thing is, it's not going to know about, it may know about your apps. Only, okay, so it says Frank Kruger has been an iOS 
uh, app developer since 2008. One of his apps is called iCircuit, a real-time circuit designer and simulator made for students. He also developed iCircuit 3D, which launched on the App Store for iPhone and iPad. It uses 3D UI to offer a realistic experience. Some other apps Frank Kruger is include Color Your Time, Bruto Netto Prozent Reckoner, and Spin Cube Puzzle. Is that true? Just making things up. Nope. Not that Uh, I recall. (laughs) Interesting. I'm going to go to the uh, slash developer Frank Kruger. Ah, I don't know. This is this. uh, This isn't you, I assume. There's another Mm -hmm. Frank Kruger in the world. It's a very common German name. Yeah, the Kruger. Interesting that I knew it pulled that information from nine to five Mac and additionally change log. So weird. I'm not sure I like these internet connected ones. I, I, I like it when the neural network just makes things up on its own. <laughs> That's true. Uh, anyways, thanks. Thanks, Bing. You're my best friend. Uh, OK, well, thanks, Frank, for uh, making the command line um, infused with AI. Just why not just go into town, Frank? Um, I'm I'm excited to see if you did use this library, what you think or what libraries we have. And if people want more AI GPT goodness, let us know. Go to emergeconflict.fm, hit that contact button, let us know. Go to town. Else, you know, 200 lines of code. That's pretty cool. I know, that's pretty cool. I was impressed. I was like, wow. When I, when, it, when I was actually going to your project, I thought it was going to be a whole bunch of stuff. And then when I saw it was one file, I was, I was, you often impress me, but I was actually impressed when I saw it. Oh, see, I thought you were just making fun of me the whole time. No, 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 <laughs> I was, I was legitimately impressed. Keep it. You're tight. an impressive person. All right. <laughs> I don't think a command line tool qualify. It puts me in that category, but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> No, you're welcome. Anytime. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.